Ads are annoying, but ad blockers prevent publishers from making money. What if you could support your favorite websites, YouTube creators, Twitch streamers, social accounts, and many more ad-free and without paying anything, and even make some money yourself? It's not a pipe dream, it's airtime. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and get the browser extension and you'll earn cryptocurrency for the sites you visit. And so will the publisher. This is not a crypto miner. You and the publisher will both get part of the reward from current miners of the BitTube cryptocurrency, with no middleman taking a cut. Even if the publisher hasn't signed up yet, his tube will be put into a dedicated wallet that he can claim upon sign-up. You can also use your tube to tip publishers and even purchase products. Airtime monetizes users and publishers with no ads or crypto miners. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and start making money now. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of March 17th, 2019. The podcast that's another serenader and another long-haired band. This is your host, Shane Killian. So, for those of you who were wondering what happened to the podcast last week, sorry about that, but I was upgrading my computer when, of course, everything went wrong and it took a lot longer than it should. But, March is a month with five weekends. Ordinarily, we wouldn't do the podcast on the fifth weekend. But since there wasn't a podcast last week, we will have one for the 31st of the Crick Don't Rise. So, I'm making it up to you. Alright, let's colonify the news of the bogus. The major news this past week has been the electrical blackout in Venezuela that covered several days, and as of this recording is still out in many areas. The blackout first occurred on Tuesday, March 7th and covered almost the entire country. After many years of hyperinflation and a failed economy brought about by an experiment in modern 21st century democratic socialism, the San Geronimo B substation, which provides power to 80% of the country and is owned and operated by the country's power monopoly Corpoelec, went down. The backup station operated only intermittently. Apparently, four attempts to restart the substation led only to an explosion. According to Venezuelan power industry expert Jose Aguilar, quote, Every time they attempt to restart, they fail, and the disruption breaks something else in the system, destabilizing the grid yet further. Obviously, the government is hiding something from us. Venezuelan power sector experts and Corpoelec employees say that the reason for the blackout is corruption, underinvestment, mismanagement, and the loss of many experts due to a brain drain brought upon by falling real wages and the increasing presence of Maduro's secret police. At least 40 people have died as a result of the blackout due to the unavailability of medical devices like dialysis machines, as well as the inability of hospitals to stay open at full capacity. After a week, power was finally being restored to parts of Caracas. Drinking water has now been restored to 80% of the country, but many of the pipes are having to be cleaned. So, basically everyone who's an expert says that this is the result of mismanagement, but President Nicolas Maduro is having none of that. On Monday, he claimed that the power failure was due to a cyber attack by the United States on Venezuela's largest power plant, which doesn't explain why multiple crews had to go around to various locations to restore it. He also had the military marching around all over the place, claiming it was necessary to prevent further attack on the grid by imperialists. 
The information minister said it was the fault of opposition leader and self-declared interim president Wang Guaido by having all of his supporters plug in their appliances at the same time. Prosecutor General Tarek William Saab is having Guaido investigated on accusations of sabotage. The fact is, the Venezuelan power grid didn't need any help going down. For years there have been problems with regional blackouts and other smaller scale outages due to how badly managed the whole thing is. However, cell service was still working, probably because it's not provided by the government. And this makes for an interesting result. People were still able to use things like solar chargers to keep their phones on, and since cell service was never lost, that meant that, despite Bolivars being basically unavailable, Venezuelans could still pay for goods and services with the Dash cryptocurrency. It's funny because people have generally said the cryptocurrency won't help in a blackout, but it looks like that's no longer correct. The SMS wallet for Dash Pay, which allows users without a smartphone to send and receive Dash just by texting, allowed Venezuelans to keep making purchases at the over 2,500 merchants in the country that accept Dash, mostly around the coastal regions. Now, in case you're in the U.S. and you're feeling all smug about this, I want you to remember Project Squirrel. That's a project of Chris Thomas that won him the Silver Clue on back in January of 2017, where he pointed out how much of a threat animals, particularly squirrels, were to the power grid, much more so than hackers or terrorists, and it would only take a failure of nine substations to black out the entire U.S. for 18 months. This is why we should never have left the electrical grid up to government, and why we should start working now to decentralize the grid and make energy a free market. But good luck convincing governments of that. Say, if you're tired of the promos in this podcast, well, the patrons got it early and with no ads or promos. Just go to patreon.bogosity.tv and donate at any level. Do you have children or nieces or nephews? Are you homeschooling or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? If so, go to bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins and you'll be taken to a website where you can get some great books for elementary age children. The Tuttle Twins books are books about liberty and free market economics that include children's versions of Bastiat's The Law, Leonard Reed's I Pencil, and Hayek's The Road to Serfdom, as well as books about the Federal Reserve and how regulations protect business cronies. They'll learn about the harm caused by eminent domain or regulations passed in the name of safety and fundamental concepts of liberty. And as you can see from the sample pages on the website, they're all easy to read and nicely illustrated. They're just $9.99 a piece, or get a special discount as well as free bonuses when you purchase all five. You can even buy in bulk to donate to schools and local libraries. So get the Tuttle Twins books at bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins. It's amazing how many people actually hate the Green New Deal, even on the left. Now, despite all of the blather in it about supporting unions, the biggest organization of labor unions in the country, the AFL-CIO, has come out against it. In a letter to Senator Markey and Congress idiot Ocasio-Cortez, they said, quote, We will not stand by and allow threats to our members' jobs and their families' standard of living go unanswered. They said they were most worried about American workers, quote, who are most at risk of job disruptions and economic dislocation as a result of these actions. They said that the plan was, quote, not achievable or realistic. 
There was a nice little dig in there that I liked, quote, We agree on the need to invest in the development and deployment of technologies like solar, wind, nuclear, hydroelectric, and so on, when the Green New Deal specifically and stupidly ruled out nuclear completely, and even called for existing nuclear plants to be dismantled. A few weeks ago, Cortez showed her true colors as a complete power-mad narcissist when she said to critics of the Green New Deal, quote, Like, I just introduced the Green New Deal two weeks ago, and it's creating all of this conversation. Why? Because no one else has even tried. Some people are like, oh, it's unrealistic, oh, it's vague, oh, it doesn't address this minute little thing, and I'm like, you try, you do it, because you're not, because you're not, so until you do it, I'm the boss. But as the AFL-CIO pointed out, quote, The fact is that the labor movement has been working on these very issues for decades and have advanced several potential solutions over that time that could provide a basis for solid, realistic action. I mean, Cortez claiming that she's the first one to try these ideas just speaks of an ego way too large to have room to let the truth in. Markey fired back with the old, Doing nothing is not an option, canard. Politicians' fallacy, anyone? Doing nothing would be way preferable to doing the economy-killing and planet-killing policies in the Green New Deal. The rest of it aside, any proposal to reduce carbon emissions that does not include nuclear is doomed to fail, especially not as long as more than a quarter of the country's electricity is generated by coal. If you dismantle nuclear plants, they won't be replaced by wind and solar. They'll be replaced by coal, oil, and natural gas. Cortez and her brigade do not understand the issues. Not that the AFL-CIO is all that much better, but it's amazing how the left is finding this one out among itself. If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government censors. It's essential in this day and age. So go to vpn.pogosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world. And they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home, and don't worry about what those other governments are doing. Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality internet access you're paying good money for. You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pogosity.tv. Speaking of nuclear... What is it they used to keep fear-mongering to try and get people to stop it by making them think it's going to kill their children and destroy the planet? Of course, Chernobyl, Three Mile Island, and Fukushima. But a recent analysis by environmental progress Michael Schellenberger in Forbes magazine actually shows that these three events show that nuclear is inherently safe. This podcast basically started off debunking the bogosity around Fukushima. As Schellenberger points out, the claim that a million people have died because of Fukushima is off by basically one million. In fact, radiation from Fukushima and Three Mile Island will kill zero people, whereas the most that will die from Chernobyl is 200. 
The WHO has claimed that Chernobyl could result in the premature deaths of 4,000 people, but according to Dr. Geraldine Thomas of the Chernobyl Tissue Bank, that number is based on something that no nuclear expert agrees with, linear non-threshold. We've talked about this before. It assumes that there is no safe level of radiation, whereas the scientific consensus is that radiation is harmless below a certain level. And there's some evidence that it may even be beneficial, although that's less clear and there's no consensus for that. While it's true that Japan did pay a settlement to a family of a Fukushima worker who died of cancer, this was purely political. The worker had lung cancer, not the thyroid cancer that's the big worry with radiation, and not only could he not possibly have gotten lung cancer from the tiny amount of radiation he got, and certainly not that quickly, it's far more likely he got it because he was a smoker. As for Three Mile Island, as Schellenberger points out, what other industry can suffer such a catastrophic failure and not kill a single person? I mean, look elsewhere in the energy industry. An oil rig, the Deepwater Horizon, caught fire and killed 11 people. A natural gas pipeline owned by Pacific Gas and Electric exploded and killed 8 people. And the worst energy-related disaster of all time happened when the Banjiao Hydroelectric Dam in China collapsed and killed something like 200,000 people. Yet... They fearmonger over nuclear, but the fact that two of these major disasters killed no one, and one only killed a couple hundred people, one that is considered not only to be the worst nuclear disaster ever, but the worst nuclear disaster possible, what does that do other than attest to its safety? And it's also completely carbon-free, and is actually far more environmentally friendly than solar and wind when you factor in the environmental impact of production as well as land use. And the lefties are against it. Yeah. We live in a world where light bulbs connect to the internet. And recent attacks on them prove that your online security is under threat like never before. Not only your websites, but the internet-enabled devices you buy. And the biggest problem is weak passwords. That's why you need LastPass. LastPass allows you to randomly generate strong, unique passwords on the web and on your internet-enabled devices, all protected by one master password. LastPass sets up in minutes and gives you secure automatic logins throughout the web, synchronizing across all your browsers, all your computers, and even your mobile devices, at home, at work, or on the road. It even securely stores sensitive form data, including credit card numbers, backup sensitive documents, software licenses, Wi-Fi logins, and more. And with LastPass Premium, you can get these benefits on other applications, manage passwords for your entire family, and also get priority customer support. Sign up at password.bogosity.tv for a free month of LastPass Premium. Log in securely everywhere using the last password you'll ever have to remember. Go to password.bogosity.tv and get LastPass now. And now it's time to de-annotate this week's biggest bogan emitter. And this week it goes to the UK who still hasn't figured out after all this time that it's just not possible to block pornography online, even if it were a good idea to try, which it's not. New legislation is about to come into effect, of course in the name of protecting the children, to require porn sites to require their users to provide official documentation in the form of an age ID, which is the only allowed provider in the UK, essentially requiring them to purchase a £5 porn card. 
Of course, experts all over the world are pointing out that this will do nothing to stop teens from viewing pornography. It will only provide unnecessary barriers for adult viewers while majorly increasing privacy and security issues. Oh, and of course it'll make money for the HID people, and probably the UK government as well. Won't someone think of the lobbyists? And that's leaving aside the question of what actually is considered a porn site, other than the usual answer that some random bureaucrat will know it when he sees it. And of course, how is any of it supposed to apply to BitTorrent and other decentralized technologies? So, yet another stupid law that will only cause potentially immense external consequences to people who have done nothing wrong. What else could get the UK named this week's biggest Bogani meter? You can save 15% or more at Amazon when you pay with Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash. Just go to purse.bogosity.tv. You can set your own discount. 5% gets you fastest delivery, or you can set it to 30% or more if you're not in a hurry. Purse makes it so easy to save money at Amazon by buying with crypto. Just go to purse.bogosity.tv and start saving now. And now let's unresolve this week's Idiot Last month, we gave it to Quadriga CX because they lost hundreds of millions of dollars in crypto simply because they didn't have a good key management system and knowledge of the keys died with the founder. This week, it goes to Lisa Kramer, the University of Toronto's professor of finance, for saying, and a lot of you saw this coming, that this is why we need to regulate cryptocurrency. She wrote, The reason why this is even possible lies in the murky and mostly lacking regulations that govern the cryptocurrency world. Nothing stops entrepreneurs like the Quadriga CX CEO Gerald Cotton from running companies like Quadriga with no independent oversight. But like we said at the time, what could they possibly do about things like this? Kramer, of course, thinks the answer is the government is magic. Quote, That oversight would impose accounting standards and reporting requirements that would help prevent the sorts of irresponsible missteps that put Quadriga depositors in such a precarious position. Yeah, and how would accounting standards and reporting requirements help with key recovery? She also said, quote, a likely side benefit of regulatory supervision would be the eventual development of standardized safeguards against hackers and other cybercriminal activity that plagues the cryptocurrency world. Does this woman even know what she's talking about? No cryptocurrency has ever been hacked or ever been stolen by cybercriminals without the key itself being compromised. But what happened here... Is exactly the opposite problem. The key didn't get away from the owner, and so the rest of the company couldn't get access to the crypto when he died. And she even goes so far as to associate crypto with criminal enterprise. Quote, In Canada, we regulate many industries that are risky or distasteful to some, including gambling, alcohol, tobacco, and marijuana. The underlying calculus is that providing standards for certain illicit activities is preferable to driving those activities to the black market, where the risks would be amplified. And what's her solution? Quote, I propose that depositors ought not to be penalized for the indiscretions of the custodians to whom they trust their financial holdings. 
Yeah, okay, but what's your solution? Or is the idea that we just give the government the blanket power to regulate cryptos and trust to their grace, omnipotence, and omnibenevolence to come up with some kind of a solution that actually works and isn't at all corrupt or disruptive to the economy? The only possible way to prevent this would be requiring them to keep an extra copy of the private keys, which sounds exactly like the kind of key escrow problem cybersecurity experts have been warning against any time government tries to regulate cryptography. We already know the solution. Depositors only keep enough crypto in exchanges that you're going to need on that exchange in the short term. Move the rest to a wallet that you control. Cryptocurrency, like the rest of cryptography, puts the control in our hands. We protect ourselves with math. We do not need government. Government can only make things worse and expose us to even greater danger. So all of that makes Lisa Kramer this week's... wraps up this keep your hands off my stack edition of the bogosity podcast come join the discussion at discord.bogosity.tv and feel free to send a question statement news article or rant in text or audio to podcast at bogosity.tv this podcast depends on you to keep going so please go to donate.bogosity.tv where you can give using paypal or crypto or subscribe at patreon or subscribe star to get the podcast and youtube videos early and ad free you can even support this podcast for free with the airtime extension Thank you for listening. Until next time, here's a quote from Ron Paul. It is rather strange that unless one has a criminal mind and no respect for other people and their property, no one claims it's permissible to go into one's neighbor's house and tell them how to behave, what they can eat, smoke, and drink, or how to spend their money. Yet, rarely is it asked why it is morally acceptable that a stranger with a badge and a gun can do the same thing in the name of law and order. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution, not commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 international license. Bogosity. You can now get two free audiobook downloads and a 30-day free trial at audible.bogosity.tv, your choice from the world's largest selection of over 180,000 digital audiobooks and spoken word content for your iOS or Android device, Kindle, or MP3 player. Go to audible.bogosity.tv now.